Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Not So Grateful Dead podcast. What is up? Is your host, Grayson Decker. It is episode number 14. Can you believe it? How exciting is that? I am very excited to be here. It is a Sunday for you. I hope it's a good Sunday. Hope it's a good Sunday for me too, but I'm going to manifest that. It's currently Thursday evening for me. I have work in the morning, sadly, not the weekend, but I'm excited because we're going to a wedding and that's why I am pre-recording this a little early earlier than I normally would. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Uh, life update, fantasy football going swell, doing great. Lost last week to Creighton because he's a butthole and he beat me at the very end. Very end. Two points. So that was a little upsetting. Didn't know I was competitive until that moment, but it's fine. And week two, I won. So very excited about that. I am projected to be second in our league. So that's pretty cool. Very excited. And actually, I get to go to a Chiefs game. So that'll be fun too. We're going to go with Chas and Tove, who are also in the Fantasy Football League. I'm actually playing Chastity this week. So exciting, exciting stuff. That's going to be in November. So I'm very much so looking forward to that fall football game. Cannot wait. It's going to be fun. And I think that's about it. Other than I am also very much so excited for the October festivities that I have prepared for you. I've been working on that in the background and I can't wait to do that. It's going to be fun. So be on the lookout because it's coming and it's coming quick. It's already like September 22nd. That's crazy. It's almost October. Spooky season. I mean, it's already spooky season, but almost even more spooky season. The best month of the year, in my opinion. But I think that's about it. Let's get into this true crime episode. I hope you're excited. I'm excited. Let's get into it. Yay. George William Coltard, better known as Bill, was born May 21, 1916, in Iowa to David Lloyd Coltard and Ruth Minton. Bill Coltard was known as a very hardworking and dedicated individual whose life was really taking a turn for the better. All of the hard work was paying off. Bill Coltard was admitted to the Iowa Bar in 1936, and shortly after this, just three years later, he was assigned as Las Vegas' first resident FBI agent. Bill moved to Las Vegas and worked as an FBI agent from 1939 to 1945. In 1946, Bill Coltard was admitted to the practice of law in Nevada, and Bill goes on to become a very prominent attorney at his very own private practice. Bill worked as an attorney from 1946 to 1972. Not only was he building up his reputation with his own work, but he had met his soon-to-be wife, Lena Silvagnia. Lena was the daughter of P.O. Silvagnia, who is a very wealthy casino owner and contractor in Las Vegas. P.O. Silvagnia was also one of the builders in the first hotel with multiple floors and air conditioning in Las Vegas, which is really cool. 
Because of these connections with the casinos and such, Bill is able to run two campaigns as he was running for the Nevada legislature. Bill did become an assemblyman and he held the position of Speaker Pro Tempore and he was in this position from 1951 to 1954. And not only this, but Bill was also the former president of the Nevada Bar Association. Bill also owned 37% of this property in Las Vegas where Benayan's Horseshoe Casino sat. Bill and Lena did actually adopt a daughter and her name was Karen, but sadly, Lena passed away in 1955 suddenly during a surgery. And when she passed away, she actually left Bill with her interest in the family real estate holdings. So this basically means that he inherited all of the business interests in local casinos. And not only this, but eventually through the years later, Bill acquired more shares of the Sylvagnia family money. And he did this by buying stock from his prior brother-in-law's. Bill eventually remarried Diane Crandall in 1957, and the two of them had multiple children together, a daughter, Leslie, and two sons, William and James. Bill Coltard was working in the Bank of Nevada building, and this is where he worked as an attorney at his own private practice. This building was 10 stories high and had a parking garage that was located on the third floor. On July 25th, 1972, it was just a normal day for Bill. He had just returned back to Las Vegas from a business trip that he had taken to Colorado. He attends a lunch at the Golden Nugget with his law partner, John O'Brien, and this is in downtown Las Vegas. And once they're done, they go back to work. So Bill drives his Cadillac to the Bank of Nevada building. He pulls into the parking garage and he parks his car on the third floor and he heads into his office. Around 3.40 that afternoon, Bill leaves his office and walks out to his car. Bill gets into his Cadillac and cracks the window slightly because it was an excruciatingly hot day in Las Vegas. I think they said that the high that day was like 115, so just incredibly high temperatures. So he cracks windows and he puts the keys into the ignition and when he turns it, within seconds, an explosion occurs. This explosion occurred due to four hidden sticks of dynamite that were placed inside of the steering column of Bill Coulthard's Cadillac. The steering column is basically what your steering wheel is attached to and it goes like pretty far into the front of your car. And not only did this explosion completely destroy Bill's Cadillac and in his life, but it also caught like five other vehicles on fire that were in close proximity to his Cadillac. Other than his car and the other vehicles around him, there were even like light fixtures on the main floor of the Bank of Nevada building and those like completely shattered. And there was even a hole in the floor of the parking garage and the floor in the parking garage was made up of 16 inches of concrete. So as you can imagine, this explosion had an immense amount, like immense, well, <laughs> fuck, an immense amount of power, sorry. A very large cloud of black smoke starts rolling out of the Bank of Nevada building and people around the area begin to crowd on the sidewalk watching this terrifying scene. The building is evacuated and nobody really knows what happened to cause this explosion 
and Bill Coltar's remains were actually like extremely charred, obviously. So this meant that authorities had to use dental records to determine who this individual was. And once it was confirmed to be the body of Bill Coltard, it was a pretty big deal. He was very prominent and very well known. But like who would do this to a prominent man in Las Vegas who seems to be pretty friendly, super determined when it comes to his work, super hardworking. So who had something against him and would want him to be dead? Benny Benayan moved to Las Vegas, Nevada in 1946, around the same time that Bill Coltard began working as an attorney. When Benny arrived in Las Vegas, all he brought with him was two suitcases, and these suitcases were packed full of cash. Benny had earned all of this money through illegal gambling rackets, and these were the ones that he operated in Dallas, Texas. He moved to Las Vegas with the belief that he could make a living for himself through gambling. And Benny had this like sort of way about him. He had a ton of money and power, but not only this, like just the way he held himself, he acted very prestigious. Almost immediately after he made it to Las Vegas, he climbed the social ladder. When Benny was living in Las Vegas, Dallas authorities actually tried tirelessly for years to get Benny extradited back to Texas because he had many gambling charges. Even the governor of Nevada tried to order Benny's extradition on more than one occasion, but every single time the local Las Vegas judges would block this extradition, which why? Because Benny Benayan had power. Benny had a very interesting history when he lived in Dallas. He would use any means necessary to maintain control of the Dallas gambling rackets, uh, and that includes like force with guns and car bombs. So that's a little interesting. Benny had climbed his way up in the Dallas gambling rackets in the 1930s, and though he was doing very well and making his way up to like the top, he still had one remaining rival. And this rival was Herbert Noble, or the Cat. And he was actually given this nickname, the Cat, because of how many assassination attempts he had escaped. Uh, and Benny was one of the people that was really after him and was trying to assassinate him. So that's just really interesting. There was even a gun battle and high-speed chase carried out by one of Benny's hitmen, and at another time, one of Benny's hitmen just simply crouched behind a bush outside of Herbert Noble's home, and they just open-fired. Noble survived both of these attacks. In the open-fire attack, he was hit in the arm pretty badly, but he did actually survive. So, Benny was trying to monopolize the Dallas gambling rackets, so he was getting really frustrated with his rival. And not only this, but he could not actually kill him and get rid of his competition because he just kept on living through these attacks. Even after Benny moved to Las Vegas, him and Herbert still were at odds because Benny was still receiving money from the gambling rackets in Dallas and he absolutely did not want anybody getting in the way of this at all. 
1949, Herbert Noble's wife walked out to her vehicle that was parked in front of her and Herbert's home in Dallas, Texas. She gets into the vehicle, puts the key in, and turns it, and this is when it completely explodes. The explosion was just like Bill Coulthard's, and it had so much power. There was so much power behind this explosion that her remains were, like, sadly, like, scattered, and some were even, like, up in the trees. After an ongoing battle between the two of them in August of 1951, Herbert Noble parked his car near his ranch home and it explodes. This demolishes not only his vehicle, but it also takes his life instantly. So as we can see, Benny Benayan was very powerful and could kill someone in an instant from hundreds of miles away. So now we're going to jump to around 1970 in our story. And I want you to remember back to the very beginning of the episode when I was telling you all about Bill Coltard and how he owned 37% of the land that Benayan's Horseshoe Casino sat on top of. Because this is the part of the story where that specific fact becomes a pretty important like factor of Bill's like death and his whole entire story. So Benny Benayan owned the Horseshoe Casino, like we talked about earlier. And though he owned this casino, Benny did not actually own the land that the casino sat on top of. He actually leased it. And because he leased the land, the landlord controlled whether or not they actually wanted to renew the lease with Benny or pick someone else as tenants. So that's important. And who was Benny's landlord? I bet we can all guess because I'm making it pretty obvious, but it's Bill Coltard. In the earlier part of 1970, Benny's lease was actually set to end and Coltard did not really want to renew the lease with Benny. So he was like, you know, you're really just not the best person. You're an illegal gambler. You kill people when you don't get what you want. You're just pretty scary, honestly, and I don't want you to be here on my property. So he was saying, absolutely not. Benny tried everything to change Bill's mind about this, even offering Bill some money. And through all these efforts, Bill Coltard still just would not budge or change his mind on this matter. And Eventually, Bill actually decided that he was going to lease his property to other people who weren't into the type of things that Benny was, which I can only imagine the amount of stress that you would like be under uh, if you had someone like that powerful and that scary, like leasing the property on your land, because genuinely like what kind of repercussions could come from that, having like a pretty scary person be in that position. I don't know. I would be worried too. But as we know, Benny had built up this whole casino by himself and was doing the job that he like really needed it to. It was bringing in a ton of money and he wasn't just going to give up on it. He just wasn't going to let it go. Tom Hanley had met Benny in Dallas, Texas. Tom Hanley was known for doing a lot of terrible things. (laughs) He brutally beat people. He was into arson car bombings, and many other murders of, like, rival 
union bosses situation stuff like that and there were even rumors that tom had actually been the one to assassinate president john f kennedy so pretty crazy man tom hanley worked closely with benny over the years eliminating problem after problem for benny and by eliminating i mean killing tom hanley even worked with his son gramby hanley and he was teaching him all the tricks to his job even like how to wire a car bomb or how to dispose of a dead body properly shit like that just real bonding moment for the two of them in the early side of 1972 benny actually reached out to tom hanley for assistance in getting rid of a big issue that he was having bill coltard wasn't renewing his lease which was a big problem for benny bill coltard had actually met tom hanley before and he had prosecuted Hanley for his involvement in beating a union member in 1948. Tom and Gramby, sorry, Hanley worked together to carry out a plan. The two of them watched Bill Coltard for a while, watching his every move. What was his schedule? When did he come home from work? When did he go to work? What kind of car did he drive? All of the things. Bill Coltard was a very habitual, like, person, and he had, like, a very strict schedule. He would always work at the same time. He'd always come home at the same time, same kind of, like, places he hung around, all types of stuff. Tom Hanley obtained his dynamite, and him and Granby headed to the Bank of Nevada building. They go into the parking garage, find Bill's Cadillac, and... One of them, like, kept watch while the other was, like, walking over to Bill's car, and he, like, pretended to drop something next to his car, bends down to pick up the fake item that he had just dropped, and in under just a minute, he, like, places, the, like, the bomb underneath Bill Coltart's Cadillac, and the two of them immediately flee the scene and begin getting their alibis together. Obviously, the death of Bill Coltard completely rattled the city of Las Vegas. Coltard was a very well-known individual who had a very good public image. And not only just the fact that he was murdered, but that the fact that he was, like, murdered at the place of his work. Like, just out in the middle of the day, public place, his place of work. Like, who gets their car bombed and dies in that bombing? at work it's just crazy it's just a crazy concept within days the chamber of commerce comes up with seventy-five thousand dollars for anyone leading authorities to the conviction of this assassin or assassins beecher avant was the homicide detective working on the case and within just a few short months he had his mind made up that this heinous killing was most likely carried out by tom hanley Though he had a feeling he had no evidence to support his claim, so he could not actually arrest Tom for this murder. Another issue that Beecher's faced was the fact that his boss, Clark County Sheriff Ralph Lamb, had a personal business connection to Benny Binion. So, Benion. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so tired. But they had a personal business relationship, which is just fucking shady. So, later... Sheriff Ralph Lamb would actually be federally investigated because of tens of thousands of dollars that Benny had given him, and these were supposedly loans. But I feel like we can all see where that was maybe like motivated from, probably to just keep the authorities quiet 
with anything that Benny decides to do when something doesn't go his way. In 1977, Detective Avance finally felt as though he had sufficient evidence to like get Tom and Granby Henley for bombing Bill Coulthard's Cadillac. So sorry, brain is dying. Um, but when he presented this to the FBI, they did not do anything about it because they basically stated that they had more important things to worry about now, as it had been five years since the bombing and a lot of things had changed specifically with Tom and Granby. The two of them were now witnesses in the investigation, like into the mafia and multiple other investigations that were be like being held in Las Vegas. The case of Bill Coltard has been and still is cold to this very day. Bill Coltard's legacy though remained very strong after his death and multiple donations were like made to the library in honor of him, which is super cool. And the $75,000 reward was slowly just like given back to all of the donors. After the death of Bill Coulthard, his realty shares like actually ended up going back to his first wife's brothers. And as you remember, that is like the land that Benny's casino sat on. And what happens next is pretty crazy. Lena's brothers signed a hundred year lease with Benny after the death of Bill Coulthard. So that's honestly a little suspicious in my opinion, but I really don't know. I really don't know. So the Benayan Horseshoe Casino owned by Benny actually still remains to this day in the exact same spot, and it is now called the Benayan's Gambling Hall and Hotel. And that is about it for today's case. That is the case of Bill Coulthard. It's so upsetting that it's been cold for like nearly 50 years when we literally know who did it, but I digress. I I don't even know. So sorry also that I'm literally, I, I've had like a stroke four times in this episode. I swear I am so tired. My words are not forming correctly, but I hope it was a great episode and I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm going to do an actual outro though in just a sec. everyone so that brings our sunday episode to a close once again as usual i feel like with the older cases i'm sorry it was short there's not a whole lot of information and it's still cold to this day and that's just very upsetting but i hope y'all have a wonderful week like i already said and i hope it's wonderful and great and lovely and hopefully i can get a little bit more sleep and maybe not be so tired for the next episode. But yeah, it's like 11 o'clock. So I'm going to try and go to bed. And I'm going to drive to this wedding tomorrow. And it's going to be a great weekend. So also, I hope you had a great weekend. By the time it's Sunday, I hope you've had a wonderful time. And are continuing to have a wonderful time. And a lovely week once again for the third time. Um, okay, I'm really tired. Let me tell you my socials. My email where you can recommend cases and such is the not so grateful dead pod at gmail.com. I have a website, the not so grateful Instagram, the not so grateful dead underscore podcast, TikTok, the not so grateful dead pod, and Facebook, the not so grateful dead podcast with Grayson Decker. 
I am going to go to bed now. And yeah, thank you for being here. It was lovely to have you. Hope to see you on Wednesday. I appreciate you all and love you all. Okay, goodbye. I'm going to go get some sleep. <laughs>